evangelism process, and we want to encourage you to get involved. We need leaders to help in many different areas in church. We looked at, at this year being intentional. Our theme for the year is being intentional. I can have good intentions for God, but if I want those intentions to become a reality, I have to be intentional. Amen? We looked at the Holy Spirit, the secret ingredient, and then a couple of weeks ago again at Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit has an intention to walk with us, to empower us. Jesus said, I give you the Holy Spirit. And when we look at when Jesus was baptised, he came up out of the water and it says he saw the Holy Spirit. The Greek there is he knew the Holy Spirit had come upon him. And the Greek implies that there's a plural connection there. When the Holy Spirit alighted himself on him, the Holy Spirit went everywhere with Jesus. He basically lived with him. And everywhere Jesus went, everybody saw the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the same on you. Everywhere you go, everyone you talk to, we want to see the Holy Spirit move through you. That should be our desire. God, I want to glorify you. You've given me absolutely everything. I want to make a difference in this world. Holy Spirit, you live in me, you are on me, and I want to make a difference in this world because we don't do it alone. We do it with him. Think big, believe big, live big. We serve a big God. Amen. Thank you, Lyle. We do serve a big God. Amen. He's got a big vision, a big heart, a big purpose. And because we serve a big God, we need to think big. We need to believe big. We need to live big. Not just go from day to day, but God, I will give you my best. I will make a difference in this world. We looked at the word of God, declaring the promises of God. That we're made in the image of God. We're made in his likeness. And in his likeness, we create. The words we speak from the Bible create. That's why it's so important for us to declare the promises of God and stand day in, day out, declaring who we are in Christ, declaring the promises that God has for us. And I looked at all these different things and I thought, these are all messages where we learn who we are, we learn about God, we learn what our life is, what God's intention is for us. But there's one key thing for every single one of these and that's alignment. If we don't align with God, if we don't choose to step into the things of God and listen to the messages that are preached, whether it's me or someone else, what is God saying? We heard a communion message about forgiveness. What is God saying to me through this? Are there people I need to forgive? We talked a few weeks ago about at the royal wedding, seeing this guy get up and just declare the love of God right across the world. Probably one of the biggest audiences you'll ever have. And all the media could do was say, he went five minutes longer than he should have. <laughs> they didn't say it was a great message. They didn't say it's so good to hear there's a God that loves us. All that it was criticised. And yet they go afterwards and they party for who knows how many hours. It doesn't matter how long the party is, don't give God any longer than he's worth. But we need to be declaring the things of God. We need to be living that out. We need to be aligning ourselves with God because if we don't, all these messages just become messages. We come on Sunday, we hear something, we go home. And that's it, it's just another message. But unless I choose to align myself to everything that God says to me, I'm, just, I'm not going to go anywhere, I'm just going to stay where I am. Like I said, our theme for this year is intentional and we have to walk that intention, we have to live out that intention. So why is alignment so important for us today? 
The word alignment, it's a noun, it's a finished product, it's something static. But for me to have alignment, I need to align, which is the verb. So if I want to be in alignment with God, I have to align myself. Does that make sense? I have to align with him. God's never going to align with me. God says, this is what I want. Are you on board or not? This is my plan for you. Will you accept it or not? My plan is to give you a hope and a future, to prosper you and not to harm you. God has a plan for your life. You can align yourself with that, or you can say, yeah, but God, I've got my own things I want to do. And I was, I was talking to a guy one day in a counselling session, and he was, he was open to talking about God, and he went through all these different things, and I was pointing out the fact that his life was pretty messed up by his own words. And I said, you've seen that God loves you. You've seen that, that God has a plan for your life. You've seen that God wants to bless you and not harm you. Your life isn't working at the moment. Do you want to give God a try? And he went, no, I want to try a few other things first because I've got a few other ideas. I never saw him again. Actually, I did. I saw him once more after that. And yet again, his life continued down that path of misery. But I need to align myself with God if I want to see things change. So just as a bit of an example of this, I'm going to ask, I'll get five volunteers. I'll get Adam to come up, if you can, as well. Just five volunteers just to stand up here. If I don't get five volunteers, I'll pick people. It's not going to be complex. It was. <laughs> if I'd offered $5 each, they would have been up quicker. <laughs> now, you guys are standing in a group. Adam, can you just stand over here? I want you guys to align yourself with Adam. Align yourself with Adam. Nice straight line. Mary's a bit further away, but she's still in a straight line. <laughs> this process, where they are now, is alignment. The process of connecting into this line is aligning. Now, Adam, I want you to go for a walk, and I want you guys to stay in alignment following Adam. You better catch up. <laughs> left, right, left. <laughs> now, Adam is a leader. He goes wherever he wants. He does whatever he wants. He can go left, he can go right, because as the leader, he knows where he's going. All the four behind him, their job is to make adjustments necessary to stay in alignment. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You can sit down. <laughs> Every single one of these guys, if they want to stay in alignment with Adam as a leader, have to make a choice and an adjustment to work in with what they're doing. If we want to follow God, if we want to be in alignment, we have to be keeping our eyes on God and saying, God... Where are you going? What are you doing? What's next? So rather than getting up in the morning going, oh, it's another day, what will I do today? Oh, I think I'll do this. God, what do you want for me today? Give me opportunity. Do I need to do things in my own life to stay in alignment with you? Do I need to, do I need to forgive anybody? Do I need to pray for anybody in particular today? Because you will connect with people throughout your day that I will never connect with. And God has a plan for you to reach this community that you need to be aligning yourself with God and saying, God, what's next? What's the plan for today? What do I do? 
Because the word alignment means arrangement in a straight line or in correct or appropriate relevant positions. A position of agreement or alliance. I need to be in alliance with God. And as we come into alignment, I become God's ally and he becomes mine. We work together. But God is the leader. I read an article this week that said, Lord, the, 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 the heading was, Lord, align my heart with yours. And as I read that, I thought, how often do we pray that? How often do we say, God, wave this magic wand. Do a miracle in my heart. Align me with you so that my life can be in order. Well, God says, actually, you've got to align yourself with me. I'm not going to do the work for you. If you want to, if you want to be in alignment with God, you've got to make that choice to step through. We all do. We can't, we can't do things on our own. Now, I want you to look at this image. Imagine this is a piece of glass. And now it goes to sleep. We'll go to the next slide, Will. <laughs> How often does breaking glass shock you? <laughs> but what's happened to the image? It's gone out of alignment. Now, if you're looking at a picture, what do you have to do to get a clear image of everything if this crack is right in your eyes? Has anybody ever looked through a crack to see something? What do you, what do you notice you do? Can't see much. You've got to move your head, exactly. If you want to see the full image, you've got to keep readjusting. And something like this, you go, well, it's a square, it moves. But if we look at the next image, imagine you are driving a car and a magpie comes out of nowhere. <laughs> now all of a sudden, it's not too bad, I can still sort of see it, but if you look at that girl's head, you can't see much of her head. How many people have ever had a mobile phone that's cracked? Who's ever had a cracked screen? <laughs> How long has it been cracked for? Uh, about six months. Six months. How do you cope? Exactly, that's the exact point I'm trying to make, is that so often when we are out of alignment with God, we just put up with it. We learn to look through the cracks. We learn to look at things and go, well, you just get used to it. And you can, you can cope with a phone like that, you might have to move things around, it might be a bit hard to read, but you can make adjustments. But the problem with something that's misaligned, as we get used to it, misalignment becomes normal. And if misalignment becomes normal, we end up with problems. Who's ever driven a car with a bad wheel alignment? All of us? What happens to your tyres if you don't fix it? You'll scrub them out, which means what? Money. money. <laughs> I was going for accident, but <laughs> which again is money. But if we get used to it, it doesn't stay there. It'll continue to progress worse and worse. So if we've got this car, we're looking through a windscreen, this blasted magpie comes along again after it's been fixed last time and hits the car. Now I can still drive. I can still see what's in front of me. I might have to move my head a bit. But then somebody throws something at me and my car cracks another windscreen. And now things are getting a little bit harder to see. Who would replace the windscreen at this stage? but it breaks again. 
Can you still see? Yes, you can. If you get used to this, you may end up with, a tr with, with an accident. But if you're driving with a car like this, your eyes start having to get very, very busy. Now, I've had... Um, I can't remember what they call it, but sometimes I get these sparkles in my eyes. Apparently, it's the first part of a migraine. And I never get the headaches, but I see these stars. If I'm driving a car, my eyes have to do 100 miles an hour to build a picture of what's going around me. Ideally, I need to stop. But I've had times where I can see these starting, and I know I've got about five minutes to get home. So my eyes are trying to build this picture of where I'm going. I'm looking around, trying to look for cars, look for people, drive home, sit down and go, now I have to write this out till this goes. Doesn't happen often, but it's very, very frustrating. Something like this, your eyes have to work really, really hard. Normal becomes dangerous. But there comes a point when you just can't see anything anymore. If I drive like this, the guy and the girl are going to get collided with. What I need is a new windscreen. All those cracks need to come in alignment. So if I want to walk with God, I need to come into alignment with him. Amen? Amen. So how do I come into alignment with God? Listen to his voice. The word. The word is God speaking to me. It's tangible, it's here, it's with me. Bernie, can you yell out what your dad used to say about the Bible? Amen. Everything in the covers of this book or in the app on this or your phone, but if I look at the Word of God, whether it's on an app, whether it's on a computer, whether it's in my Bible, I say, God, this is your Word. And I'm going to find what your Word says about the situation in my life. And I'm going to choose to align myself with this, whether I understand or not, whether I agree or not. Because if the Word of God is the word of God, then we should be saying, God, what are you saying to me? What's God speaking to me in things in life? I may struggle understanding. Who's ever had God say something to them and struggle to understand why? We all go through that. But if the word says it, I need to align myself. I need to say, God, I will choose to align to you in this, even if I don't understand Let's look at a few examples. Psalm 136 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Is God good? Yes. Is God good all the time? Yes. Do we agree it? Yes. Who's ever questioned it? Or am I the only person that's ever questioned whether God is good? Because honestly, there are times that we do. If I question something, I have to come back and say, God, what do you say? Psalm 136 says, God is good. Okay, I need to come into alignment. If I don't agree, if I don't understand, and my opinion changes from what God says, I have to change if I want to be in alignment with him. What about worship? Worship is an expression of love, but do I have to clap, raise my hands? Do I have to dance? Do I have to sing out loud? Do I have to do all this sort of stuff? Well, what does the Bible say? Romans 12.1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. Okay, so my body doesn't belong to me anymore. So if I'm going to worship God, I need to do it his way, with no regard 
for what I feel. Now suddenly I can feel really uncomfortable, but will I align myself with God or will I stand saying, well actually this is where my comfort zone is, this is what I want. Psalm 100 verse 1 to 4 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Psalm 95 verse 6 and 7 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. First Timothy 2.8 says, I desire that... In every place, men should pray, lifting holy hands. Physical action, there's Bible direction as to how we worship. So when I come to church and I'm standing here and we're being directed to lift our voices and sing, I'm going to sing because the Bible gives me a plan as to what worship looks like. And if I struggle with some of these things, I have to say, well, God, I might struggle. And there are times I do struggle because I'm human. I am a man, believe it or not. We all struggle. There are things that you may go, but I just, I don't like that. Well, what does the Word of God say? Align yourself with the Word of God. What about healing? Is healing for today? So many people argue, well, that was good in Bible times. We don't see it, so it must not be for today. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, you were healed. Past tense. And if I was healed back then, you know, I don't read in there that it says you were healed until the disciples die or you were healed until 2017. Sorry, we're in 2018, it's over. Bad luck, you're going to die. The Word of God says, by his stripes you were healed. So I live on the promises of God's Word that healing is mine. I need to align my thoughts with God's Word, not my feelings with my thoughts. What about prayer? In Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they will think that they've been heard by their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows these things you need before you ask them. You know, we're never told to pray for an hour. We're never told to pray for 15 minutes. We're told to just pray because God sees the heart attitude of our prayer. And he promises reward. I find that interesting, that he promises reward to the person who prays. So if you're believing for a miracle, believe for the reward that goes with that. And Jesus never said, if you pray, he said, when you pray. So am I supposed to pray as a Christian? Yes. It's simple. What about fasting? Just a few verses later, Jesus says, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. He didn't say on the odd occasion. He said, when you fast, indicating it's something that should be a part of our life. But he also promises reward to the faster. So there's a reward for praying, there's a reward for fasting. So if I want to see results in my life, if I want to see breakthrough in my life, I want to see things happen and I want to come into alignment with God, I have to do what his word says. What about tithing and giving? We've all heard the verse in Malachi chapter 3, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? 
You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the fields, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's an Old Testament scripture. Does that mean we're free? No, we live under a new covenant that's bigger and better. So what does God's word say about giving? At the very minimum, if we give 10%, based on the Old Testament, God promises to rebuke the devourer. He promises to bless us. He promises that all the nations of the earth will see us and call us blessed. What does the New Testament say? 1 John 3, 16, 17. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees his brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Another translation says, how can you even call yourself a Christian? So our finances now go beyond 10% or 22%, depending on which verses you're reading, but says, every opportunity you have, so be a blessing, bring the life of God into the community. Luke 3, 6, uh, 6.38, sorry, uh, Luke 6.38 says, Give and you will receive, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I think it's interesting that Matthew chapter 6 says, Where your heart is, or sorry, where your treasure is, your heart will be. If you want to get a heart for missions, start sowing money into missions. And you'll start seeing a change. If you want to get a heart for kids' ministry, start giving Jono money. Say, buy this. Whatever you need for the kids, I'm going to give you this. If you want to see a heart for community, start, we want to get a new cafe. Start pouring money into that, saying, we want, to, we want to help pay for this new cafe. We want to get new furniture. We want to see community grow in this place. Where your, where your treasure is, your heart will be. So if you want to get a heart for something, look at where you're spending your money. And we go through so many of these different things. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do I have to speak in tongues? The Bible says it's normal. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will empower us. There's so many things in the Bible. If I want, to, if I want the best from God, I have to align myself with him, not expect him to align himself with me. God, I'll give you these parts of my life, but these parts are out of bounds. That's mine. You can't have my money. You can't have my time but I'll give you my heart because I want to go to heaven. I need to find what God's word says about things and drive that into me. Every time Jesus spoke, or sorry, every time the enemy came to Jesus when he was being tempted, Jesus' defense was the word. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. There are times when I'm sick and the rising up is the word of God. I may not feel well, and out of my spirit comes, but by his stripes I was healed, and I will stand on this. This is one of the reasons I do the digital declarations. There's a Facebook page called Digital Declarations. I put a fresh declaration up every day based on the promises of God's word. And I can say, I don't just read the Bible and say, well, it says I'm healed. I stand on the promises of God's word. By his stripes I was healed. I declare my marriage is whole. I declare my children will know the ways of God. I declare, I declare, I declare. 
aligning myself with what God's word says, not what I see. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Even Jesus had to align his desire with God in the Garden of Gethsemane. He wrestled and said, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. But not my will, let yours be done. Even Jesus had to align himself with God. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be in the Garden of Gethsemane knowing that I'm about to be crucified. And I understand why Jesus said, if it's possible, take this cup away, but not my will, let yours be done. He's saying, I don't want this in the natural, but I choose to align myself with you. The Lord's prayer says, let your kingdom come, your will be done. Are they just words we speak, or is it what we really want? God, I need your will to be done in here. I need you to change my heart. I need you to change my life. I'm constantly praying, saying, God, work in my heart. There are areas in my, in my own life that I know I come short. I'm no perfect person just because I stand up here and preach every week. I'm a normal human being. I have my struggles and I have to pray, God, do a work in my heart so I can become who you want me to be because I want to align with God. I want God to do the miraculous in my life. I want God to bring out the new wine in me. And it's as we, become, as we come before him in total surrender that we allow him to shape us. We need to come to that place of saying, God, I choose to align with you. I choose to step in. And if I don't know how to do it, I go back to the instruction manual. What do I do with it here? How do I manage my finances? How do I parent? How can I be a good husband? It's all in here. And if your opinions and attitudes don't line up with this, let me say this, you're wrong. It's as simple as that. This has to be the governing factor for your life. Get the word of God into you. Start declaring the promises of God over your life. Start aligning yourself up with God. Let's want everyone to stand. you may recognise there's some areas in your life that you haven't aligned yourself with God. I've asked Liz to, uh, to sing this song, it's called New Wine. And this was just a song of, of worship that... I just want everyone to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I align myself with you. I want you to do something with my life. I want to align myself with you day in and day out. I may not understand, but I choose you. I need you. Do a work in me. Shape me. Mould me. Let there be a new wine in me. I want to live for you. And again, I align myself with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for every person here, for those who've come forward and responded. Lord, for those who are, who are sitting in their seat, possibly even struggling with whether they should or not, come forward. Lord, continue this work in our lives. Continue to shape us. Continue to mould us. Continue to draw us closer to you. Lord, we choose 
to align with You. We thank You for all that You've done. We worship You, we bless You, we praise You. We pray Your blessing upon every person as I leave this place today. Lord, let us put this into practice. Show us things in Your Word that speak to us. Show us the paths You want us to walk down. Show us the people You want to speak to. Lord, You're worthy of everything we have to give. We thank You for Your love, for Your faithfulness, for Your grace. We thank You that You've just given us so much. And Lord, we want to align ourselves with You. We want to give back to You. Because we declare out loud that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we will walk that out every day of our life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have an awesome week. I want you to walk this out every day. Don't just go, well, that was another great sermon, we're done. But God, are there things within me that I need to, I need to align with? God, do a work in, in, in me. This song's available on YouTube. It's well worth listening to. It's just called New Wine. Just sit under it. Pray it over yourself. Pray it over your family. God, do a work in me.